If you're a mom, you're a superhero. That's right, own it. We possess a unique superpower of intuition, a sixth sense for what our kids are up to, how they feel, what they want, and when they want it. Yep, it's amazing. I call this mom sense. Oftentimes, we are Googling for answers, joining Facebook groups, or relegating to taking unsolicited advice from our friends when all we have to do is listen to that voice inside us. No, not the one that's telling you you're fat. The other voice, the one that seems to know everything when it comes to your kids and leaves you feeling confident, empowered, purposeful, and all things hashtag mom goals. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm a mother of twin toddlers and a baby, double the fun plus one. And I can honestly say that now that I'm a mom, I feel like my life is just getting started. On my podcast, I interview industry experts and real life mamas on their mom sense experiences, tackling topics like how to teach kids to meditate, what it takes to have the marriage you've always dreamed of, and how to master your car makeup routine. Grab your latte, that's probably ice cold by now, and take a listen to That's Total Mom Sense. Hi everyone, you're listening to That's Total Mom Sense. I'm your host, Kanika Chattagupta. A common theme that many moms face during postpartum is feeling like we don't recognize ourselves and our former identities. I wanted to be a mom more than anything in this world ever since I was a kid. And even I went through these emotions in my head. Um, Of course, I felt blessed to have my three kids, but I also hated my body and hated how I had less time to myself to my work, to my friends, and my interests. I remember looking in the mirror after I had baby number three, um, and this was when he was just a few months old, and I had twins just 18 months prior. Um, When I saw the reflection looking back at me, I just wanted to cry. And I know many other mothers um, have felt this way, and I want you to know that you aren't alone. Today, I'm joined by Carolyn Zwickson. She is a certified women's health and life coach and the creator of the Well Mama program. Carolyn earned her master's in counseling psychology and obtained her health coach certification from the Integrative Women's Health Institute. She is a passionate mother who supports fellow moms in creating holistic and thriving health as they rediscover their identity as a woman and mother. Her focus is to help her clients create optimal, hormonal balance, and discover true emotional well-being through functional nutrition, positive psychology, transformative life coaching tools, and lifestyle adjustments. Um, She currently lives with her husband and two sons in San Francisco. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Kanika. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with all of you. Yes, us too. Um, Okay, so first tell us how common is postpartum depression and anxiety? Sure. Um, So postpartum depression, statistics say that one out of seven women um, has postpartum depression, but I think that there is still a lot of missing research. And there's also like a sort of like a a few confusing nuances to, to this statistic. Number one, I think that it's a lot more women than that because it's still something that's not really society, societal, um, like very acceptable in our society in general to talk about depression, to not, you know, to talk about not feeling great after you've just 
birthed this beautiful, wonderful, perfect baby. Like there's a lot of guilt and shame that um, that is involved with, you know, admitting that you feel depressed. Um, and then there's a lot of research actually happening for postpartum anxiety. So this is something that's like kind of like a little bit newer, but research that's been done so far actually shows that the occurrence of postpartum anxiety is a lot higher than postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um and there's specifically one study that tracked um, over a thousand women. It was like a thousand and twenty-four women during the first three months after they gave birth. And the research from this study that came out of Germany um, showed that eleven percent of those women had postpartum anxiety disorders, um, while roughly six percent developed postpartum depression. Um, and so there you see that anxiety, just like it is, kind of like in general. Like if you look around, anxiety is um, anxiety disorders are is one of the you know main things that people in the United States are struggling with. Um, and so that's also the truth for for postpartum women. When when we start feeling emotions of loss of identity um, shortly after giving birth, is that postpartum depression? It doesn't have to be. I mean, I don't. I think that like most people, like I, I wouldn't say that I had postpartum depression, but I definitely felt a loss of identity and just not being sure who I am or who or how I'm going to fit the person who I think I am into my new life, you know? And so just this loss of identity, I wouldn't say like, oh, that's a surefire sign that you have full on postpartum depression. The typical signs of postpartum depression include things like um, extreme overwhelm and sort of like the belief that you just can't do it. Um, Mm -hmm. Feelings of extreme guilt and like when you can't stop crying um, mood swings, feeling irritable and angry all the time. Not just sometimes, because let's be honest, we all <laughs> feel yes. that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> okay. But sort of like this persistent, relentless um, anger and irritability, um, feeling resentment towards your baby is, is something that is one of those like kind of like, you know, really good indicators for postpartum depression um, or feeling nothing, feeling an emptiness and sort of like that's really unfamiliar to you that where you just feel like you really don't care, um, feeling hopeless, weak or like you're defective Um kind of like you can't control your emotions. You constantly feel like you're overreacting. Like even if you know you're overreacting, you can't stop yourself. Um, sleep, pro- sleep problems is another big one. Um, and then some women might even feel like they want to run away from their babies or run away from their families and leave them all together. Um, so, but I think one of the most important, like these are all symptoms that we can kind of list, but it's really important for women to know their baseline and to know what they started off with before. And if they feel drastically different, drastically more, yeah, like drastically more depressed, drastically more angry and irritable, I think comparing that to your normal that you know from before pregnancy, I think is really important. And then also kind of like being aware of like other risk factors um, and stuff like that. Like if you have a family history of depression, if you've had depression before or any type of mood disorder before you got pregnant, you have a higher chance or higher likelihood of developing postpartum depression. And then, you know, complications during pregnancy, complications during labor, women who have prolapse, that kind of thing. Like they're just more prone to developing postpartum depression for understandable reasons, you know, because they've just had more trauma that they have to digest along with suddenly having to be responsible and taking care of a newborn. Um, 
versus symptoms of postpartum anxiety include things more kind of like racing thoughts, not being able to quiet your mind, um, like kind of like an inability to relax, this constant over-worrying and drawing out of these horrendous and horrible scenarios that could happen to you or your family, um, even fear of being alone with your baby is more of a sign of, of postpartum anxiety. And then physical symptoms like stomach cramps, headaches, um, shakiness, nausea, um, panic attacks, and again, trouble sleeping are kind of like more of these classic indicators for postpartum anxiety. Um, those are sort of like the very kind of like standard sort of like symptoms that we look out for. One thing I want to say here is for women who, who, as I was just reading, you know, these, this list of postpartum depression signs, I also want to caution women that every time you go in to be diagnosed or, or evaluated for postpartum depression, also make sure that you get your thyroid checked, especially if it, if it comes along with like physical, um, symptoms like you're like not able to lose any of the pregnancy weight, like you feel very sluggish, um, you have low appetite, you suddenly have hair loss, um, things like that. There's a lot of women who get misdiagnosed for postpartum depression and are therefore medicated for postpartum depression, but they really have a thyroid issue. So it's really important that you work with somebody closely who can make sure that you get a full thyroid panel and a full workup of your hormone, hormonal status to know and to make sure that you're basically you know, getting and receiving treatment for the right things. So if you um, are someone like me where, you know, we felt um, bogged down and a sense of loss of identity because of these changes, um, how do we really diagnose that? Well, I don't know if diagnose is even the right sort of like goal versus like how can we bring understanding into yeah. the situation and understand, you know, why are these types of things happening? Why, why do I feel the way I feel and what can I do about it? Right. So that we don't end with the, the diagnosis and understanding why this is happening, but also, you know, what are certain things that we can do about it to support ourselves? Um, and I think I have to say that I think one of the big things is this whole idea of bouncing back I can't even tell you, like, I just like get like anger goosebumps all over my body when I hear the term bouncing back because there is no bouncing back, right? Like yeah. you have fundamentally changed so much that I think this whole idea of bouncing back is telling women that they have to grasp to who they were before, how they looked before, how they felt before, how they acted before. When with the introduction of a baby, your entire world changes, the way you prioritize things, the way you value things, mm -hmm. um, how you want to dedicate your time and energy, how you have to dedicate your time and energy. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Everything just fundamentally changes. And I think a lot of times, particularly in the United States, and I say this because I'm actually from Germany originally, and my husband is from Sweden. And so we're both originally from countries where pregnancy and postpartum is perceived and treated in such a different way than in the United States. But, that, but I think in the U.S. specifically, what I see is that women are expected to add a baby into their life. Like it's, I don't know, an afternoon snack. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like, just go on living your life the way you always have. Yeah. And I think that's just a really unrealistic expectation uh, to have. But I think as long as women run around thinking that this is how they should be and otherwise something's wrong with them, there's very little space for them to reclaim and really have kind of like reclaiming confidence in their own life and structure their life in a way that actually nourishes and supports them with kids. Do you think that social media is influencing us uh, to feel 
this sort of loss of identity and not be as self-aware because we are constantly comparing and, you know, it's, it's literally life is keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, I think it definitely introduces a feeling of never being enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, because it's, I think, you know, when you're home and you just sweat pants for the third day, which I totally do at times. And then I see people who, I don't know, like have, I have two kids and they might have even more children and they have a full-time job and they look incredible in their work outfits and I work from home. Like it's easy to think that somehow you're missing out, you know? So I definitely do think that social media is not adding to people's happiness. People tend to follow people who they're somewhat enthralled with and it can be a motivation, motivating factor, right? Like there's definitely accounts that I follow that I think are motivating. And, but those are the accounts that are, as you said earlier, they are the authentic ones. They are the ones of people who genuinely are happy, but it doesn't mean that they're challenge free. Yeah. And so I think the ones that are like a little bit more raw um, and real, I think can, can add value to your life, but I think it's easy for people to abuse social media in ways where it's just distracting them from their own lives, you know, and feeling like they're somehow um, can't keep up or they're not doing a good enough job or they're not pretty enough or thin enough or fit enough or whatever, you know? Um, And that's, I think, really sad. Since so many women feel these emotions shortly after having a baby, how do we go about rediscovering our new identity. Yeah, I love I love this question. And this is really like at the core of what I do with, with my clients, right? And a lot of times it starts off, and so first of all, I think there's nothing better than getting support because we were never really meant, we were never meant to be mothers on our own. That never happened in, in history anywhere, right? Where like mothers were just left with their however many children on their own. They were always aunts and other mothers and grandmothers who helped nourish and raise kids. And I also think it's almost to me, it seems like the wealthier people get, the more isolated they are. You know, like we live in San Francisco and we live really close to a Hispanic community. And I see so many families running around where like it's the mom and the kids and the grandmother and all of these other women gathered around them. And when I look at the white community here in in San Francisco, it's always the mom with her kids. I think that as moms, um, we set the emotional tone in our families. And if we are well, everybody else around us can thrive too. And so when we talk about mom guilt and taking time for yourself to exercise or go to the grocery store or prepare a meal or whatever, um, that is actually doing something for your children. It's not selfish. You're actually doing something for your kids. For a lot of women who are postpartum, whose body just look really, bodies look really different than before, it can be really hard to talk about self-love. Mm-hmm. And so if self-love isn't available to you, think about self-ownership. Because for a lot of women, it feels easier to honor their bodies that have birthed children versus going back to this like, oh my God, I love myself and I love how I look. If that is just not the reality at that point, you know what I mean? Right. But you can honor yourself. And there are so many beautiful ways of um, of doing that. You know, like it's about self-acceptance, um, having gratitude checking in with your self-talk, right? Like, how are you talking to yourself? Are you only focusing on the things you don't like? Or are there still things about yourself that you actually do think are 
beautiful and are love worthy, you know? And so focus, shifting to focus essentially. Um, and then, you know, practices like living with the seasons of your cycle. So the menstrual cycle is such a powerful window into our greater health, into how we have to treat ourselves. And so this also kind of correlates with the moon phases for a lot of women, but how can you step into a sort of like a sacred practice with yourself and see yourself as a cyclical being rather than expecting yourself to be the exact same every single day of the month, because that is just not the reality for women. Oh, that's so cool. How, how, what is the correlation between, um, you know, our menstrual cycles and the moon? Yeah. So basically for women, and I've actually done this before, right? When I had hormonal imbalances before having children where I just didn't get my period back after having, after coming off the birth control pill. And I started to pretend like I was cycling with the moon. So I treated the new moon, like my, like the beginning of menstruation and the full moon, like ovulation. And then you could do things like seed cycling and you can like nourish yourself and eat different and exercise different in the different phases of your cycle. So there's four different phases that are basically like winter, um, spring, summer, and fall that Mm -hmm. again, like go along with the moon. And then when my cycle came back, I actually had my first menstruation on the full, uh, on the new moon. And it was just like, Oh my God. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was just, yeah. You, you basically like manifested that. Yeah. And you just step into, you know, cause, cause nature is cyclical. And so you are starting, like, I think if you can get in touch with these greater forces that are there to support you at all times, there is a, I think it's a really, for me, it was a really powerful feeling of like, God, I'm so much bigger than all of, you know, the little things that are going on in the everyday life that feel stressful or, um, make you anxious or make you frustrated. Like you kind of have a way of stepping above that and saying, and here I am, and I'm still going with the cycles of this whole earth. You know, like there's something really powerful about that. And that's, I mean, it's very like a spiritual way of looking at it, but. Yes, it's true. It's, this is so enlightening. Um, and I feel like it's a transformative way of thinking about life and the circle of life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, um, and then one other thing I want to mention just for women who are who are postpartum in terms of like getting yourself back, I think it's really hard to feel even remotely like yourself if your hormones are all over the place and if you're nutrient depleted. And there's tons of research coming out now, how thankfully more and more, showing that certain nutrient deficiencies are very common in women who have just built and birthed a baby and especially women who have nursed for a long time. And so it's really important to make sure that you're repleting certain nutrients. And those are, I'm just going to mention them roughly here. And there's, I, I gave you some resources where women can look up nutrient repletion on my website um, and specific foods that are in each of these categories, but it's folate, vitamin B12, calcium, iron, selenium, zinc, and omega-3. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all really key in order to replenish the mother, but it's also especially important for women who want to have more children um, to replenish yourself again with nutrients before you go into the second pregnancy, because those are going to be your baby's nutrients. And are these nutrients also necessary for um, lactation as well, or is it? I mean, it's it's the same during lactation. Like these are the prime nutrients that women are deficient in, especially as you're producing a ton of breast milk and stuff like that. Like that Mm -hmm. is really depleting the the woman's body. And so it's really important to be on a high quality prenatal during your pregnancy. I always recommend prenatals that have folate and not folic Mm -hmm. acid um, and to take those all the way after for like even I would say like two or three months after you finish nursing 
Um, and there's specific uh, brands for that. Um, there's like a lot of brands still have folic acid, and there's a lot of unfortunately really crappy supplements out there that are literally just flushing through your body that are not doing anything. Um, And so it's really important if you're supplementing at any point in your life for pregnancy or other to be sure that you have really high quality, um, high quality supplements on my website, carolinesvixen.com forward slash products. I list all my favorite um, supplements um, for prenatal stuff, omega-3s, probiotics, gut healing, gut health, um, all of that stuff. So if you want to know what I think are really high quality brands, you can go on my website and and check that out on carolinesvixen.com forward slash products. Do you have any pointers on, on diet? I feel like, you know, so much of this is attached to weight. So I think the best thing for, um, for anybody, it doesn't matter if you're pregnant or postpartum or whatever, um, for all women is to pay a lot of attention to uh, blood sugar balancing. Blood sugar balancing is the best way to balance your hormones. And even when we talk about weight, when we talk about thyroid issues, when we talk about mood issues, when we talk about lack of energy, all of that is connected to your hormonal health and your hormonal balance. And if we keep our blood sugar nice and stable and balanced, that is key in order to have balanced hormones. And so this is, I'll tell you, a very typical example of what I see is that women wake up in the morning and they have coffee on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they skip breakfast or just grab something on the go. A lot of times that's really sugary. And then they kind of just go through their day and they snack and they like, you know, like maybe like don't eat enough for lunch. And then they're hungry an hour later and they snack on all of their toddler's food. And so they kind of just kind of like go like throughout the day. Like it's very like, it's like the opposite of mindful eating. And so for your hormonal health specifically, and like this is just detrimental really, you know? And so you want to really like love your hormones as much as you possibly can. And by having a balanced, like nice and balanced blood sugar, that's the, I think the key thing for women's health in general. And so that little things that what that means, what blood sugar balancing basically means and how women can do that is, these are just a couple of examples, is having breakfast within 30 minutes of waking up, Mm. um, including in every meal, including um, a healthy protein, like a really good quality, high high quality protein, Mm -hmm. um, healthy fats and carbs, but the carbs should be mostly in form of vegetables and fruit. So I'm not talking about right. I'm not talking about pasta or bread, even though of course you can have that too, and you will have that. And it's not about not enjoying life and all that stuff. But see if you can really center your meal around vegetables, healthy proteins, healthy fats. Okay. Yep. And then do that for every meal. And do that for every meal, and do it for every snack because mm-hmm. healthy, like like for example, healthy fats are the building blocks for proteins. And yeah, so what we see a lot in women with anxiety is that they end up with low progesterone. Mm-hmm. Um, or really high stress levels because your body actually has a mechanism to turn cortisol, which is a necessary stress hormone that you need for survival. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly really stressed and you have high cortisol, your body has a mechanism of turning progesterone into mm-hmm. cortisol and progesterone is needed in order to have a balanced, healthy cycle. It's mm-hmm. order. It's important in order to get pregnant and stay pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, order, it's, it's important for like a balanced, calm mood, It's just, I mean, it's key, you know, but your body has certain mechanisms to, for example, not allow women to stay pregnant if the tiger is coming kind of thing. And in our life, a lot of times now we run around with the way we eat, the way our lifestyle is, like the tiger is always coming. And that's not a sustainable way of being, you know? Right, right. Um, Any other tips on what we can do to, 
you know, rediscover our new identity and purpose again. You can't do it in a rush and you can't do it when your life is too full because you simply can't hear your own inner voice and your own inner desires when the world is so loud. And I know that with kids, the world is already so loud. And so <laughs> yeah. to, you know, put a little bit of work into creating the space where we can actually feel ourselves and just be with ourselves versus trying to squeeze out who we are and like trying to force this person to emerge because that's just not how it works. Right. You have to create enough space so that person can emerge and we can actually find out who she is. Mm-hmm. And then, but that's hard, right? Like, like, and I, and this is funny because as a coach, like, I think people think of coaches as like, you know, people who are going to like make you go faster or make you go at a faster pace or get you to a place faster. And I find that my role a lot of times is actually in slowing people down mm-hmm. so that they can actually hear what they want. Right, it's really true for the motherhood piece and postpartum piece. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's all about kind of um, being conscious through this journey because you want it to be long lasting. It just can't be this quick fix of, you know, getting, you know, quote unquote results. But um, it's all all about embracing every single moment and and every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So what are some action items that we can take and kind of incorporate into our schedules so that we are mindful of, you know, who we are and and our identity? Whatever is doable for you, whatever feels like the most urgent thing to address and whatever feels like it's easy. Don't start with, I need to make all of my meals blood sugar balancing. I'm going to replete all of these nutrients by in the next seven days, <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, don't overwhelm yourself because then you get frustrated and then you stop doing it all together. So this right. is about making lasting change. That's not about applying a quick fix solution. And so, for example, maybe you make your goal to have blood sugar balancing breakfasts, or you make your goal to write down all the negative self-talk that you have and become really aware of it. That's and then good. at the, like, I have my clients sometimes do that and they write out for a whole week, all the crap that they tell themselves, right? And then we look at it and we say, okay, how can we find a positive affirmation that you can from now on tell yourself? Because this is really about learning a different language, you know? And so start wherever you feel like life is draining you the most. Um, So do you have any um, resources that you could share for women who are struggling with this and and even those who um, may have postpartum depression or anxiety? Yeah, so you can read on my blog. I'm I listed a couple of resources and a little document that I don't know if you can share um, share with people. But you can go on my blog. You can type in the search bar PPD or postpartum anxiety or depression, um, and there's a bunch of articles about you know what is postpartum anxiety, what do you do about it, what's postpartum depression. Um, then my new favorite, you know, my, uh, my my favorite new mama foods for optimal postpartum healing. Um, I wrote an article on if dads get postpartum depression, because that's also another thing where dads are much more likely to suffer from postpartum depression if the women did. And so how can you really take care of your family collectively so that everybody can support everybody? Um, And then what I talked about, the nutrient replenishment after pregnancy is, um, is on there too. So you can, and then there's a lot of like, I read a lot about like the emotional stuff and just making space in your life and, um, and all that on my website too. So you can definitely access that. And then, um, in places like San Francisco, I'll just list a couple of those resources. So, um, 
there's a, like I was in a I gave birth in a midwife center at a hospital here in San Francisco, and they have resources where they have um, free counselors or free. I think it's like a ten dollar copay or something like that, where um, you can talk to somebody like a counselor, um, you know, once a week or or something like that while you're postpartum. And then most bigger cities also have places like in San Francisco. There's this place called Natural Resources, and they sell a bunch of baby stuff. But they also have courses where you can be with other women and where you can talk about things that are going on. Um, and this, they have courses for women, like new moms. They have courses for toddler moms. They have co- courses for moms of two or moms of three or whatever. And so that you can co- uh, like re- connect with like-minded women who are in a similar stage of life so that you also know that you're not alone going through this. So I actually found out about the New Jersey parent line. Um, and this is for New Jersey residents. My um, lactation consultant and friend um, is, referred me and it's a 24 hour helpline um, dedicated to maternal child and family health issues. And, um, you know, postpartum counselors are on call for you around the clock. And what I loved about it was that, you know, just, you know, a few weeks into having my third baby, um, when I was feeling, you know, all these emotions of um, being inundated and overwhelmed, um, I couldn't, you know, leave the house to, to go to a therapy session and meet a counselor. I was nursing my newborn, you know, and I also didn't have the time to, since I had two other young kids um, during the day, because there was, there was, like other stuff going on, I had to tend to them. I think the silver lining in it is that it's free for for New Jersey residents. Um, I was just so surprised that something like this exists. And so when I did call, I spoke to a counselor and we really hit it off. And um, she told me that she worked around 9 p.m., so I, you know, anytime I really needed to vent and kind of um, just sought her advice, I'd call around the nine o'clock hour when the kids were asleep and, you know, my husband was like winding down the kitchen and then I would just have my time to just speak to her on the phone, which was so just cathartic and therapeutic. So, um, yeah, that was really, really helpful. I mean, I think it just solved a lot of issues for moms because we're not as mobile and, you know, we just, we don't have the time in our day and to be able to call someone at three in the morning, if you need, it's there, you know? I mean, that's amazing, especially at three in the morning, you know, because we all have had that melt. Like I remember (coughs) one time feeling so overwhelmed that I like ran out the front door and just sat on our stoop and like Mm -hmm. cried at one o'clock in the morning, you know, (laughs) it was just like, it's like these midnight or in the middle of the night, moments where you just can feel your loneliest. So that's wonderful that they're available 24 hours. One thing I love asking my guests is about their mom sense moment, um, a moment where you um, solely relied on your mom sense or your intuitive sixth sense when it came to your kids. So can you share an anecdote with us? <laughs> yeah, like the, I love this question. And like the first thing that came to mind is the number of times I've said no to antibiotics. Oh, yes. Okay. For for my kids, you know, I was like, there must be another way. He's not that sick. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, you know, there were, there were now multiple times where antibiotics were suggested where they were just not necessary. And it took, you know, like another day of me applying a cream or putting in, you know, garlic drops in the ears Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the inflammation went away, you know? And so I think that, 
probably because of what I do for work where I've seen the power of herbs and supplements and more gentle modalities of healing where I've just really come to believe in that. And I try to teach that to my sons to, to really be advocates for themselves, even at a very young age and to not, you know, take everything for the absolute truth just because they come from a quote unquote expert. And then the other, I think mom sense that I have that, I recently recognized and that I'm proud of is that I'm not like, I'm very cautious of not packing the kids life too full with activities. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of, and I think that there's a certain amount of pressure in places like San Francisco, at least where, you know, kids go to swim class on Monday and gym class on Tuesday and Wednesday they go to this thing and da da da. And I just, (laughs) like, it's just nonstop, you know, and, and there's actually research that now shows that some kids like, like for them, the way they react is as if they had post, uh, PTSD, post-traumatic oh, stress syndrome, goodness. because they're just so inundated with constant activities, constant entertainment. And I think that there's also this belief that in, like we as mothers have to constantly entertain our children right. rather than allowing them to have a space and navigate it themselves and allowing their curiosity to lead them from one place to the next. Um and I, and I think that this is kind of like where I've really followed my mom's sense as a parent in terms of, you know, just allowing space, like the same yeah. space that I want in my life. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Why overwhelm your toddler um, with, yeah, with all of that. And I think, you know, we, we can teach our kids that um, there's no such thing as being bored per se. Um it's almost like being creative enough to fill up that time, um, use your imagination. And, you know, I think that's way, way more <laughs> fulfilling for them than being like shuttled back and forth somewhere, you know? And I remember when I was in a really busy time of my life and I, you know, was really building up my business. And I said to my husband, I really miss being bored. Yeah. <laughs> like, I miss just like having space where I can just sit on a couch and be like, what am I going to do now? Yeah, exactly. Care, you know, and how how nice and free I felt in that moment where I sat down and I was like, I have nothing that I should be doing right now. And how strange that felt at first because I was so used to constantly being busy and defining my worth through how busy I was versus through who I innately am, you know? Right. Oh, that's that's such a healing way of thinking for ourselves. Yeah. And we can role model that to our children, right? Like if we are addicted to doing in order to feel worthy, they're going to inherit that because that's what they're seeing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We have to teach by example on this one. Let's not forget our quote of the day. What is a quote that you live by? Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Yes. Yes. That's a good one. You know, because, and again, like, I mean, it goes so well with everything that we've talked about so far where we're so addicted to doing, but we don't actually know why we're doing things. So we're not doing them with purpose, but because we feel that we need to be busy. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. So I got, I love Beauty Counter. Um mm-hmm because I've had so many moms, you know, as a health and life coach where I worked with primarily moms now for many years. Um, so many moms ask me like, what products do you use? Like when we talk about, you know, starting to eat organic and like your diet and like cleaning up all that stuff. And then they started, you know, to 
to ask me like, well, what do you put on your skin? Like, what do you put on your body? We've talked so much about what goes into your body and how important that is. And so I cared about that before already. And I spent so much time at Whole Foods trying out all these products, looking up the ingredients. And then, it was, I mean, it was exhausting. And I got to a point where I was like, gosh, I like don't want to do that anymore. And then a friend of mine, one of my mentors actually um, started to get involved with Beauty Counter. And she was like, hey, like, have you heard of this brand? And I like started researching them and I just loved what they stand for and the safety standard that they're trying to introduce, not only in their own products, but they're, that they're really going out and becoming polit- political activists and trying to make a difference in legislator, le- legislature um, in the United States. Because in the EU, over 1,400 chemicals are banned from being in skincare products. In the United States, they've banned 30. So oh, you can literally, goodness. like we talk about not putting like plastic like not wearing flip-flops because they're full of plastic or not touching receipts because they're full of plastic. And then skincare that's literally has liquid plastic in it. It's just unbelievable. And the hormonal impact that that has. And so, I mean, I could go on about that forever, but Beauty Counter is a brand that I've loved because their products still feel fancy. Like I don't, I like a lot of like the, you know, like organic things and all that stuff, but I don't need my skincare to like smell so strongly like lavender that I can't breathe in anything else for the rest of the day. And so all of Beauty Counter's products are um, feel fancy and feel elegant and feel super clean. And, you know, they perform and they are just really safe um, for women's health. And so I I love their products. Oh, that's great. No, I'm looking at it now. This is the first time I'm hearing of it. And um, I love that it's free of all the chemicals and toxins that you know we put on our face from our teenage years up until now <laughs> now that we are informed um, exactly and I so I started working with them as an as an affiliate and that's also part of my business now because I've just become so passionate about their message and even like what you said like they don't have chemicals and I love that they do so much education because no product is free of chemicals because mm-hmm. um you know, because that's that's basically impossible. And so they're not even claiming to be chemical free, which a lot of these like bogus companies are claiming because it sounds good. But yeah. I just start to learn so much from them about all the, you know, marketing tricks that the so many skincare products are are using to, you know, trick people into believing that they're somehow good for them. And so I've just found such relief in having found a company where I can just trust all of their products and I don't have to do all this research all the time. Exactly. Oh, that's so great. And they have kids products too, like, like kids hair, like shampoo and conditioner and body wash and stuff like that. So Mm. my mom haul um, for this week is it's called the Helova diaper bag. Um, That's spelled H A L O V A. And it's an Amazon bestseller, um, one that you just, it's almost like that jacket that everybody was wearing, that Amazon parka that like went viral. Um, this is very similar, um, but it's the diaper bag and it's um, it's got a really sleek unisex design. It's waterproof and it has like compartments upon compartments um, for your bottles and diapers and, um, you know, formula tins and whatever else you're, you're packing um, in your world. And yeah, I just, I think it's, it's really lightweight weight and it's great. And it's one that like my husband um, is cool with carrying too, because it, it's got that unisex element to it. <laughs> it's just so reasonably priced. It is $37.99. Uh, you can't go wrong. So tell um, everyone who's listening now where we can find you. Sure. So on my website, 
I'm at carolinesvixen.com. And then I also hang out on Instagram a, a good amount and do stories and, um, and almost daily posts on, you know, things that I, that I find inspiring, little thought nuggets, little tips on health and nutrition, stuff that I'm up to with my kids, <laughs> like all, you know, to the mom stuff. Um, and then on Beauty Counter, you can find me at beautycounter.com forward slash carolinesvixen. Um, and if you have any questions about that and, you know, need help finding a product that's right for your skin type, or, you know, if you have certain problem areas that you want, um, specific support with, I'm also always here to kind of answer questions and, and help women find the right products also. Thank you so much, Caroline. Any other, like, you know, parting thoughts, um, about our topic on rediscovering yourself? today if you this just comes to my mind now but if you want to do an exercise I actually have a free exercise on my website so if you go on my website on the right top corner you can see free gift and um, there's a little quick starter exercise where you can it's I'm basically taking you through an exercise called the wheel of life that you can sign up for um, you just have to leave your name and your email and you can you get sent like the whole the whole exercise and you can basically go through it like asks you to rate all these different areas of your life from um, like physical health to emotional health to romance and love to um, femininity to your relationship with yourself and you can just kind of look at all these different areas of your life and see how satisfied you are in each and so I think this is also a good kind of like starting exercise for moms who want to figure out well where do I even start yeah of this like what areas of my life are actually lacking of attention and energy um, and where can I where can I start so I take you through a little experience um, on there so for anybody interested in that, I encourage you to hop on over and, and check that resource out. Thank you so much. This was such an amazing discussion. Um, I mean, I definitely feel like 10 pounds lighter, um, emotionally, <laughs> physically, everything, because, you know, it just, it, it's nice to know that, um, you actually have the tools right in front of you. And if you speak to yourself um, in a kind, positive way and use the tip you said, um, ownership, yeah. um, I think that that can really um, kind of change your whole perspective on life and motherhood. Yeah. You know, just give yourself time and like really figure out how to nourish yourself, you know, and you don't, you don't have to have all the perfect answers immediately. You just have to start with one nugget and then that's going to lead you to the next and to the next and just have trust that, um, that you'll find what's right for you and you know when it's in front of you too, you know, and then for all the other resources for the postpartum nutrition stuff, know that there's resources out there and that you can find, you know, support with, with these things. So you're definitely not alone. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you got some great takeaways from my chat with Carolyn, and I hope you're feeling reinvigorated and are truly ready to rediscover yourself. Tune in to other episodes and browse my YouTube videos and blog posts on my website, thatstotalmomsense.com. And please, please, please leave me a review wherever you listen and follow me on Instagram. It's at Kanika XOXO. If you have any suggestions for show topics or guests I should have on the show or just want to say hi, I would love to hear from you. Write to me at that's total mom sense at gmail.com. And remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. 
That's total mom sense.